we're in a brand new series, and um, this series, let me just start off, this is going to be, this might feel a little bit different today, okay? Um, I want to encourage you, going along with what Nathan was talking about the past two Sundays, I want to encourage you to do something and maybe go against the flow just a little bit. In, in fact, what we're going to talk about, it, it might go against what you have been taught most of your life, okay? But, but if you really take these next couple of weeks in, okay, if you really try to understand where we're going over the next couple of weeks, really unpack this and try to follow this plan, I, I'm gonna, I, I guarantee you that you'll be blessed, okay? I, in fact, I'd go so far as to say that you won't struggle as much with things like loneliness. You'll be able to deal with things like fatigue, fear, failure, frustration, all those things. You, you may even be able to replace some depression and despair with feelings of hope and peace. Now, do you want to know what it is? Like, what, what is the key to unlocking all of that? Well, what's one of the most important things we can do? And here it is, here it is. It's community, okay? It's the church family, okay? And the reason I say that this is going to be a little bit different for us over the next couple of weeks is because... We haven't really been taught a whole lot growing up uh, to be dependent on community, okay? What we've been taught is how to be independent, okay? We want to do things on our own. We want to, to look out for ourselves, to not have to depend on anybody for anything. And you know what? To an extent, that's, to an extent, that's okay. But, but where it's not okay is when I turn it into all about me. Right? When I make it a selfish thing and I'm always trying to please me and I'm living for me and I'm trying to make myself happy. Right? In fact, this idea of independence and selfishness that we face in life, it, it can go a little bit further actually and, and it bleeds into other areas of our life like, like finances. We want financial dependence or independence. We don't want to be financially strapped to anybody. And so what we do sometimes with financially speaking is that we, we're so um, in, independent with it that we hoard up and we stock up and sometimes we idolize money in our life. Some of us want to be relationally independent. We don't want to depend on anybody too hard because I've been hurt in the past and things have happened and you don't know, preachers, so you know what? I'm going to keep everybody at arm's length, right? Or I just want to be totally self-sufficient. And if I'm all these things, man, and if I just depend on me and if I just pull the, pull the strings up in my bootstraps and just get to it, then I will be truly happy. And you know what? The Bible says and the Bible teaches us that this just... It's not true, okay? You, you weren't wired to be happy on your own, okay? That's just not how it works. I, I know we think we need more independence in life, but I think what we need is more interdependence, okay? I think we need each other, okay? I, I think we actually, we belong to each other. I, I think there's a big need for community, especially right now. God... God did not wire you. He did not make you to go through life on your own. That's, he wired all of us. He built this need in us to be with each other. And I think, you know what, looking back, if the pandemic has taught us anything, it's just how much we need each other, right? I mean, if we learned anything through that period of being locked down and, and put away, is that isolation it is not good. 
it's not great. It's not all that it's cracked up to be, right? We need community. I've actually enjoyed seeing people venture back into church. I've enjoyed people being online, of course, and I'm glad we have that community online, but I've enjoyed people coming back in and being a part of the community. Romans 12.5, let me start it off here. Romans 12.5 says this. He says, we are all different. God made us each unique, but we depend on each other. Man, we depend, I love that. We need each other. And again, you know what? This might rub you the wrong way because you might be one of those people that's like, you know what? I don't need anybody, right? I've got this all figured out. I'm just fine on my own. And if you feel that way, you know what? You're wrong. You absolutely need other people in your life. Okay, the the, the church, the church family, this community that we have here, it's very important. So, so that's what we're going to be talking about in this new series is how God designed us to, to need each other, to need the church, and why it's so important that I find my place within the body of Christ. So let's start off with answering the question this morning, why? Why do we need each other so much? Why, why do I need to be a part of God's family, right? And I want to share some great reasons with you this morning why the church is so important, why community matters, why being involved with others matters, why specifically why being involved in a small group, like, like, a, like a good group of friends within the church family, why that matters so much. And, and to help us with this, I want to look at one of my favorite Bible stories. And I'll probably share this Bible story at least once a year. Uh, it's just so great. And what's so great about this story is that the only reason the only reason Jesus performs this miracle that we're going to read about today is because of this little group of guys. All right, like if anybody had gone on their own, if anybody had selfishly just wanted to be by themselves, do their own thing, and just go to, this would have never happened. But because they were together, because they had great faith, this little group, this little family of believers, this little small group, the the best small group ever in scripture, this little group stumbled into one of the most amazing miracles in the Bible. It's one that, of course, we still talk about today. So I want to take you to the healing of the paralytic in Luke chapter 5, okay? So if you got your Bibles, uh, you want to follow along. In fact, um, on the Ridge app, y'all, there's a great Bible um, down at the bottom of the Ridge app, you can change the translations and everything on it. They just updated it. It's so amazing. So in your study time, uh, use it. it. It's great. Uh, if you got your app open, especially those who are online, you can go to the message notes portion. We're going to fill in some blanks, and you can follow along there, okay? So we're going to jump into Luke chapter 5, but this story shows us exactly why we need community. So let's jump in, and I'll explain as we read through this together. Luke five seventeen. it says this. One day, while Jesus was teaching... Some Pharisees and teachers of the religious law were sitting not nearby. Now, we know in other um, translations of this, Jesus was actually teaching in a home, okay? And it seemed that these men showed up from every village in Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem. So they're just packing this place out. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Verse 18, some men came, and they were carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. Now, let me jump into point number one of why we need each other, why we need community. Point number one is this. I need others to weep with me. If you're online, uh, fill in the blank, weep, or on the message notes, weep with me. Now, 
Let me tell you why I start here, okay? And before we begin any, or before we get any further, let me give you a little background. Let me kind of put things into perspective, okay? Imagine for a minute what it was like to be in the ancient world with a deformity, okay? This man's whole life is lived on a mat that's about three feet wide by six feet long, okay? Okay, he, he would always need someone to feed him, to carry him, to clean him. He, he would never know what it's like to be independent. And you know, and in those times, of course, nothing can be done for him medically, Okay, there are no surgeries, there are no rehab centers. In fact, the best thing that this man could hope for each and every day is to have somebody to pick him up and to take him into a public place, probably the middle of the town square or right by the temple so that he could beg for coins and hopefully get enough coins to where he would be able to feed himself every day. In fact, this life was so difficult for people that were born like this that the Greeks were actually known to dispose of infants that were born with a deformity. In fact, the Romans actually had a law written that allowed this to happen. That's crazy. Now, the Jewish leaders at that time, they didn't do that, but, but the Jewish leaders um, at that time, they, they were really kind of harsh. Um, they were kind of harsh emotionally, okay? Religiously speaking, they weren't very helpful, they actually saw people that were born this way or, or had these things happen to them that it was a result of sin, okay? It was either a result of your sin in your life, even though you were born this way, you're gonna sin later, so that sin is a result. As a result of that, you're born like this or your parents messed up or they sinned, so you were born this way. So imagine going through life with this type of situation and having all that emotional right, and spiritual baggage that you're just carrying with you for so long. In fact, you may remember the story. One time the Pharisees came up to Jesus, and they had a guy that was born blind, and they came up to Jesus, and they were like, who sinned that this man was born blind, right? Whose fault was this? Who sinned? Was it him? Was it parents? Who sinned? And Jesus just looked at him, and he shook his head, and he's like, y'all are a bunch of dummies. (laughs) Well, he didn't say that, but he was thinking it, I guarantee you. Right? And he came against them for that. So all that to say is this. How hard was this guy's life? But he had community. But what he had was amazing. He had this group of guys. He had this group of friends. He had this community of believers that were with him to wait on him. And, and you know what? To just be with him and to weep with him when the days were long and the times were hard and he didn't get enough money and he couldn't be in the right spot. He had that group. You see, here's where I'm going with this. We need people in our lives that will help us face those hard moments, right? When we're knocked down, Right, And we, we, we just feel like we cannot get back up. Or when we get bad news or when we're in a crisis, when a tragedy comes out of nowhere, I don't want to face any of that alone. And I know you don't. See, and I know you don't either. Here's the hard truth. Here's the hard truth. Tough times are going to happen. They, they just are. Tough moments in your life are inevitable. Okay, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer up here, but... You're going to go through something. You will. Everybody does. And here's what I know about you, because it's the same about me. It's the same that everybody that's ever lived before. We don't want to go through those moments alone. We want people with us that will weep with us. 
and will put their arms around us. So, you know, when I'm thinking about that, if we know it's going to happen, right? If we know bad times are going to happen, if we, know, if we know that tough moments will happen in our future, we know it's going to happen, but we don't know when it's going to happen, the time to start preparing for that is right now. And one of the best ways that you can prepare for that is to have a group of supporters, right? A group of friends. God's safety net for this guy. The God's safety net for you are other believers. And you know what? You don't have to have a hundred. You don't have to be the most popular person. You just need a small group. You just need a church family. You just need people to come around you. That'll put their arm around you. Now, if I can just take a minute and get on my soapbox for just a second, okay? I'm going to take my preacher hat off for a minute, and, I, and I'm just going to, I'm going to talk, and I'm going to tell you something that happens at every church, okay, that every preacher has to deal with, that is something that is so frustrating. Are the people that are struggling, or is when someone is sick, something happens, and they feel like somebody should have checked on them, somebody should have reached out for them, to them and no one did and because of that preacher man I just feel like the church is so unfriendly and I'm going to try another church because I guarantee you other churches they're more friendly and and I'm just going to visit around and, and I'll look at them and of course I go in through the the preacher mode and I start to calm them down but I also know that most of the time most of the time these are the same people that never made an effort to try to get into a small group that never made an effort on Sunday mornings to talk to anybody, that never tried a volunteer team, that never signed up for a marriage retreat when we offered them, never went to a women's function that they seem to have just like all of the time, that never got their students involved in a student ministry. And meanwhile, I'm trying to console them and I'm trying to say all the right things, but inside I'm thinking to myself, did you try? Like, did you, I know that was hard and I know that was tough, but I know that we have people that are willing to weep with you, to be in those moments with you, but, but you, right? You've got to be willing, right? It, it, you see, it's up to us to build that safety net. It's up to us individually, each one of us being a part of the church community to, to, to make those relationships happen so that when those bad moments come along, we have people that know and they understand and they are weeping with us. This guy, this guy on the mat is incredible because the deck is stacked against him. Okay, in the ancient world, again, this is not ideal at all. Everybody else should turn their backs on him. But the fact that he had great friends, the fact that he had a community, means that he did something. He took it upon himself to make sure that he was a part of this great group. And he started building that safety net. And he formed that little community. He was part of that little family of believers. So that when those difficult times happened, he had people with him. Every step of the way. So let's keep reading. Let's keep reading. I'll, I'll get, off, get off my little soapbox a little bit here. Go back to verse 18. They, they, they get to the house. They get to the place where Jesus was. They tried to take the guy on the mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus. But they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. 
So they went up to the roof and they took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on the mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Okay, let's pause. So these friends hear that Jesus is in town. And these guys are so excited to go and hear Jesus and to see Jesus. But again, they can't go by themselves, right? This isn't a a, a one-person type. No, 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 they gotta go as a group. They've heard of Jesus's miracles and they're thinking to themselves, man, maybe this Jesus can also heal our friends. But by the time they show up, the place is packed, the line is out the door, it's down the street, it's around the corner. It kind of reminds me of two weeks ago, my family was at Disney World. Oh my gosh. The Star Wars park, y'all, basically you walk around it like this. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Like the whole way. And don't you know what it's like to get up to a ride to find that you don't even get to wait inside, but the line is outside and in the Orlando heat just wrapped around the park and you're like, oh my goodness, you've got to be kidding me. So imagine these guys carrying their friend the whole way, right? To just to get to the big moment and find that it's packed, that the line is out the door. What? They're probably thinking to themselves, seriously, this is, this is crazy. What are we gonna do? But you know what I love about this story? There's always one group There's always one guy in the group that's just not a little right, right? Like he's a few fries short of a Happy Meal, you know, like the elevator doesn't go all the way to the top, you know, like it's just, it's one of those guys, it's like, how many of y'all watch Seinfeld? You know, it's kind of like Kramer, you know, Kramer, there's a Kramer in the group and he's just like, I got it, got an idea, who's up for a little vandalism, right? So back, here's the idea. Back, back, back in those days, the, the houses were, were made of mud, clay, right? And there were steps along the side of the houses, most obviously for this house, and you could get up on the roof. And so this translation says that they get up on the roof and they have to remove tile, but more, uh, more likely, other translations say they dug through the roof, which is more correct, right? So here's the idea. Imagine this conversation, This guy is in the group and he's got, I got it. Let's go up on the roof. Let's dig through it. And let's take some rope. Let's tie it to the edge of the mat. And we'll lower our friend down to Jesus. Now, we don't know the rest of the conversation. Like, did anybody speak up and say, hey, what about defacing public property, trespassing, being arrested? It just sounds like all these guys are just like young college guys, and they were like, yep, sounds like a good plan. Let's do it, right? So here they are. The place is packed, and they're walking up the steps. They get to the top, and imagine Jesus is sitting in this room, packed. All of a sudden, mud starts falling on his head. He looks up, and there is this spotlight of sunshine coming into the house now, and you got Larry, Moe, and Curly looking in. You know, just anxious, terrified, and afraid, but they're also really hopeful. Here's my next point. I need others to work with me. We need each other. We need community because we need others to work with us. This guy would have never been able to do any of this on his own, right? Well, I was, you know, we, we, we started something new on Sunday mornings. We have a time for the volunteers to come together for worship at 10 before the Sunday morning. So if you're on a volunteer team, you'll get an email about that. Um, but this morning I was sharing with the volunteer teams. I mean, we're all made differently. And the reason God makes us differently is so that we can all work together to bring him glory, right? 
See, any, anytime you use your talents or, or your abilities, what you can do that nobody else can do, there's a word for that. It's, it's ministry, right? You are, every one of us are ministers, not just me, okay? But all of us here, we're all ministers, every single person. And, and all of that means is that you use what God gives you, how you're wired, to serve him and to help others. Because, honestly, we need others to help us do what we can't do. So you know what? Um, y'all know that I've been on vacation and I did something. I did something for vacation that I've never done in 20 years of ministry. Okay, are you ready for this? Because some, some of y'all are probably thinking, oh my goodness, he went and like, he was like jumping off of bridges with a parachute or base jumping, you know. And I actually went to a place where that was happening. I saw these guys do this and it's crazy, crazy. But this, it, it's, it's, even, it's even crazier than, the, than that, okay? Are y'all ready? Everybody holding on to something? Here we go. I took two Sundays off in a row. Oh my goodness, preachers gone wild, y'all. Watch out. It's crazy. That's never happened before. But why not? I mean, the reason I can do that is because of the great people who volunteer every Sunday at the Ridge. It's because I surround myself with people who are smarter and better than me at everything else. You see, I've learned over the years the secret to being a part of a great ministry is a great community. I need others to do what I can't do. Because when we all do it together, when we all come and we're the body of Christ, ministry happens and God is glorified. And it's amazing. In fact, I, I want to share with you something that's happening on August 22nd. I want you to be aware of this. We're going to have our volunteer recognition Sunday, and we just want to celebrate everybody who does so much for the Ridge. And we're going to give out one special award. We got the Ridge Rockstar Award. Um, so make sure you're here for that. But we need each other. Back to the story. This guy, he needs his friends to do what he can't do. And together, when they did it all together, amazing things happened. So they lowered him down to Jesus. And I'm sure everybody in the room, including Jesus, right? Everybody in the room seeing this happen went from confusion to complete silence. And they're wondering, what is Jesus going to say to these yahoos, right, that are doing this and messing up his sermon in the middle of it? So Jesus speaks, verse 20. It says this, seeing their faith, Jesus said to the young man, young man, your sins are forgiven. Okay, pause, pause. Okay, this is not why they came. Okay, this is not why they're here. Okay, this was totally unexpected. The guy is still on the mat. Jesus is talking about forgiveness. What is that all about? Here, let's just jump into the next point. The next point is this. I need others to walk with me. Okay, here's a little foreshadowing, okay, with the whole walking. But what I mean with this, I need others to walk with me. I'm talking spiritually, okay? I'm talking about spiritual growth here. So at the end of the day, these guys... Once they've had a chance to kind of process what has happened, right? And what Jesus has said. Don't you think they really want to unpack this whole forgiveness thing? Because this, this, this isn't normal, right? I've heard that Jesus can perform miracles. Like I've seen him do some stuff and he's about to do something. But this whole talk about being able to forgive someone, what does that mean? 
I need somebody to help me with that. If I were one of these guys, either on the roof or on the mat, I would be calling them the next day and going, hey guys, let's get together at lunch, nukes, 12 o'clock. I gotta get over, I gotta get through this whole forgiveness thing because my mind, just blown. I don't get it. So here's my point. The Bible says that it's necessary to have others with us that will help us grow spiritually. Okay, you need it. Truth is, you cannot grow on your own. You, you can't do it. Okay, I mean, you can only get so far. Maybe I should put it that way. And that's why we push journey groups. That's why we push these little small group environments that, that help us talk through those things and deepen our understanding of what God says, of what Jesus says. That's what these guys are probably doing the next day is talking about what Je- those red letters that came out of Jesus' mouth. What does that mean for us? But we need that time to be together to talk through that because on Sunday mornings we can't do that. You, you can't talk on Sunday morning. I mean, you could, but don't make it awkward, okay? All right, this is the time for teaching, okay? We can't all sit around and ask questions, right? But in small groups, that's the time for discussion. That's the time to go even further, to go even deeper, to really get in it. And y'all, we need it. We gotta have it. Our our. Our whole, you hear me say this all the, thing, all the time. What we want here at the Ridge is we want to get people out of rows and into circles. That's how it's done, right? If you only sit in rows on Sunday mornings, you're only getting half the benefit of being a part of a church family. You need to be in that circle to get the rest of it. So all that to say, we're gearing up for journey groups. And we're going to have more information coming soon about our fall groups that are happening in September, Okay. In fact, I'm holding a group leader meeting on August 15th for anybody that's interested in hosting a journey group immediately following the worship hour. And I'm just going to, I'm encouraging all our leaders and I'm going to give you some Bible study options and all those kind of talk through some of those things. But let me give you something to consider, okay? We're looking for some new leaders, you know, post-pandemic, now that we're kind of um, slowly getting back into things. I'm looking for a few people that can grab a few friends and get into a study together, okay? Because some of you aren't in a study, but you want to be in a group. And if that's you, listen, if you've got a gap in your life right now, let me tell you how you can fill your gap in life. Fill the gap with a small group. It's easy. Anybody can do this. Here's the first first thing. All you got to do is grab a few friends, and it doesn't take a lot. Just maybe three, four, whoever. Those close friends that you know that you want to be in a group with, just call them up. Agree on a time and a place. Man, just meet at IHOP for breakfast or, you know, lunchtime at a restaurant or the evenings at the Ridge office. We'll give you a key. We'll let you use our place, right? Or, you know, evenings at my house. I mean, not my house, your house, right? Just agree on a time and a place. And then all you got to do is we've got a great resource right now, media. All you got to do is push play. That's it. Easy peasy, instant group. Push play. Listen to a 15-minute talk and then discuss it. Talk about it. Look at what, whatever the teacher was saying in God's word and then just discuss it together. And you know what happens when you do this and you fill that gap? Instant spiritual growth. You're walking together. And that's what's needed. And it's just that easy, y'all. You know, you don't have to wait for me to issue out a list. In fact, I want to do things a little bit differently. I'm not going to list a whole bunch of groups for you to sign up for. I want to encourage you to start your own group. Fill fill that gap that you got. Some of you are already in groups. Don't mess that up. Keep going. Man, I love it. Those of you that aren't in group, 
Think about filling the gap. You know people. You can do this. It's easy. And you don't have to meet for long. Four or five weeks is enough. And then take a pause. And then try it again. So if that's you, come talk to me after the service um, or be a part of that leaders meeting. I'd love to talk with you more about it. But we need it to walk together. So back to the story. Something very interesting happens. An argument breaks out. Verse 21. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the religious law, they said to themselves, who does he, Jesus, who does Jesus think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Now, this is why these guys are going to have to get together later to talk about everything that's happening. Is because there's this fight that breaks out, and this poor guy, he's done nothing wrong. He's sitting on the mat still. His friends are all of doing all of this for him. Jesus is being kind to him. And now he's caught in the middle of this theological argument with the dreaded Pharisees, right? You know what's also great about having a small group or being involved in a community? is because I need others to watch over me. I need others to watch over me. I'm talking about a group of people who will defend me, stand up for me, protect me, but also those people that will keep me on track, right? That will watch over me and help me do what I'm supposed to do and move in the right way what God wants in my life. We all need help with that, don't we? We all need people watching over us. We do. It's, it's kind of like a neighborhood watch. It's kind of like all the neighbors just getting together and making sure they're watching over the cul-de-sac. So speaking of that, I've got a very sweet old neighbor, Mr. Bill. Some of y'all know Mr. Bill. He always watches over the neighborhood street and he, he's always watching specifically over my home. In fact, he'll do a few things for me. Like he'll set my trash out for me, y'all. This is, I tell him, Mr. Bill, you don't have to do this. Like I should be taking care of you. You shouldn't be taking care of me. But yet he does it each and every week. So about a month ago, he had surgery, major surgery. And I went to the hospital and I went and visited him and checked in on him and he seemed to be doing pretty good. And a couple days went by and I got a phone call from the hospital. Now I never get, like I get phone calls from family members, but I don't get a phone call from the hospital. So I'm thinking, this is, this is serious. I pick it up and this Mr. Bill's on the phone and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, he's calling me from the hospital. And I was like, this is really serious. Mr. Bill, are you okay? Is everything all right? Did you have a complication? And he says, Jimmy, did you remember to put out your trash? <laughs> and I said, Mr. Bill, you don't have to worry about me. But no, I didn't. I re- actually, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't tell him that, but I did not. You asked Shannon, after I got off the phone with Mr. Bill, I called Shannon. Shannon, you got to put out the trash. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. But he's always watching over me. And it's nice. When we have people like that in our life, right? To stand up with us, to watch over us, to defend us when we need it. It's even better to have those people that stand up and keep us on track, spiritually speaking. You know, and these Pharisees are attacking in this moment. And Jesus isn't going to back down. And don't you think the guys on the roof were probably thinking to themselves, oh, it's on like Donkey Kong, right? Like, you want to take this to the next level? Let's go. Like if Jesus wants to forgive this, he's going to be forgiven. Y'all better just step back, right? He had his friends with him. Everybody needs a community group to be a part of a church family that will watch over them. I love how the CEV translates Ecclesiastes 4.12. It says this. It says, someone might be able to beat, you, beat up one of you, but not both of you. 
Now, I'm not advocating fighting. <laughs> okay, obviously, this is figuratively speaking here when it comes to spiritual health. But do you know what? You know who we do need help with when it comes to battling and fighting? Is Satan. Because Satan comes at us, but he doesn't come at us with like a pitchfork, you know, blazing with fire and this red suit so we know exactly who he is. No, 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 that's not how he works. Man, he comes at us and he attacks our habits and our hurts and our resentments and our problems and our fears. And we should not try to take that battle on all by ourselves. It's good to have a community, to have a church family, to have a group that's watching over us. Every step of the way, right, for God's work in your life. So one last thing. All right, let's close this thing out. Verse 22. I'm running out of time, y'all. Here we go. Jesus knew what they were thinking, the Pharisees. So he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier for me to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man, Jesus, has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and he said, stand up. Pick up your mat and go home. And immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, went home, praising God. Everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe, and they praised God, exclaiming, we have seen amazing things today. Okay, I don't think, even as I read that right now, I don't think that I really captured what was happening when this guy finally gets up. Not only does he get up, but it says he jumps up and was able to walk home. I think his friends on the roof went nuts, right? I think they went crazy. How, how many of y'all been watching the Olympics? Let me see. Raise your hands. Amen. Yeah, okay. We've been watching the Olympics. We've had so much fun. And one of the greatest things about watching the Olympics is watching the family's reaction and the coach's reaction at home, right? When the athlete wins gold. I think those friends on the roof probably reacted just like Titmus's coach did when she went, ran, when she swam and won gold. Did y'all see this guy go viral? This is crazy. Look at him. He won't stop. They don't, this poor girl she doesn't know what to do he's not done here we go <laughs> just going crazy get it man get after it yeah and I'm done okay <laughs> I think those guys on the roof I think they went crazy just like Lydia Jacobs friends that watched her win gold all the way up in Alaska look at these guys y'all this is there she goes she won gold and they're going nuts this is all the way in Alaska at like 3 a.m in the morning they're all gathered together I love it I don't think that we can fully understand what's going on. I think these guys just went crazy. I think they tripped over themselves trying to get down those steps to get to their friend. And I bet they, they ran home, jumping, skipping, laughing, celebrating God. Celebrating Jesus' work in this young man's life. Here's the last reason we need community is because I need others to witness with me. I need others to witness with me. There's always an amazing story that happens when a group of people get together and they're committed to following God's purpose with each other, right? When there's a group out there that's sharing and celebrating and just going nuts about what God is doing in their life, people take notice. Like people stand up and they want to hear about it. And this group had a story to share, didn't they? And don't you know they made an impact? I mean, one of these guys telling the story is going to make an impact. The guy that can now walk is going to make an impact. But all of them coming together is even better. 
You see, we need those kinds of groups. We need that church family. We need community. We need a small group in order to make a great statement for God's glory. We all have a testimony to share, every single one of us, but when we do it together, oh, man. When, we, when we're that type of church family that's just like that video of those kids just jumping up and down in excitement, when that happens, that's what makes the headlines. That's what makes other people stand up and take notice. We need each other to be able to witness together. It means more. It's better. We're better together. So, you know, I think that this is all a good start of why community is so important, of why your church family is so important, of why it's good to be involved in church family, why it's good to be involved in a small group. But what I want you to leave with today is just this idea of how much we need each other, okay? We need each other to walk with us, to work with us, to watch over us, to witness with us. So maybe, maybe take a minute today and evaluate where you are in your life, right? I'm not going to give you some... You just think about what your next step needs to be. Maybe for some of us, Sundays, we need to make Sundays more of a normal part of our week. We need to make church family more a part of our everyday week, right? Now that fall is right around the corner and we're getting our heads right around school and everything that's coming up, right? Now it's a good time to consider maybe making church a priority, whether that's here in person, online, doing a combination of both, but making this time together in person. And I know... And I know I'm pushing community, and I know I'm pushing everybody being together, and I know the Delta variant is, is ramping back up right now. We want you to be safe, and we're going to try to be safe here, of course. And we're not requiring masks right now, but we are encouraging people who are unvaccinated to wear masks when they come to worship so that you can be protected and so that you can protect um, yourself and others, okay? But maybe Sunday mornings, man, maybe that's a time that you really need to consider. Maybe... Maybe you come on Sundays, but you don't do anything outside of Sundays. And you don't really know anybody in the church. Maybe it's a good time to talk about being a part of a volunteer team and helping on Sunday mornings with our amazing kids ministry. And now that you hear that we've got a little worship thing that's happening at 10 o'clock for our volunteers, maybe you can be a part of that and then be able to volunteer. And the only reason you haven't is because we don't have a second service. It's time to get back into it and maybe join one of those teams. If, if you do, there's an info at theridgecolumbus.com. I think I've got that email. Just email us and let us know. Uh, another thing is maybe Maybe you're not in a group, but you know people and you've got some good friends. Maybe today is a good time to text some people and say, you know what, I want to go further this fall in my faith and I want, I want to grow deeper in my understanding of God's word and I need you to help me with that. Would you be a part of a team? It's just that easy. That's all you got to say. Maybe get three or four friends and then join me on August 15th and I'll, I'll share with you a, a few great video Bible studies to use and you can just do it. And you can build your own community. You can start building that safety net to have people in your life that will walk with you and work with you and witness with you and do great things. Because the truth is, you are meant to be a part of a church family. You are meant to be a part of the body of Christ. And we want you to experience all that God wants you to be right here at the Ridge. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you for this reminder this morning of how important it is to be involved in community, how you wired us for each other, how much we need to lean into one another. So, so Jesus, help us to build those relationships that we need and help us to develop the friendships that will deepen our spiritual growth. 
Those friendships that will protect us when we're vulnerable, that will provide for us when we're lacking, that will comfort us when we're depressed, and will shout with us, God, your glory when we have things to celebrate. So God, help us make the time to build the relationships we need so that we can be even more prepared to journey through this life together. And Jesus, we thank you so much for this church family and the fact that this is a great place for good relationships to be formed. Jesus, we give you everything we have. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your blood, for the death and the resurrection that gives us life. God, be with us as we leave here today, God. May we just do our best for you and for your glory. It's in your name we pray.